everybody. It is your boy Andres, and we're back with episode 15 of the Sports Fellas Podcast. And today, along with my co-host Eric, how you doing, sir? Good. Good to be back with you. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And our 12th guest, a very special guest for this very special episode, my dog Warsami. How you doing, brother? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Fantastic, good. man. Living the dream. So today we got a lot of good topics. We got the NBA. We got the preview of the Champions League semifinals. And lastly, the dumbass Super League, which we, we had to cover. <laughs> it's a trending topic. Even the people that don't watch football know what's happening. But let's get to it. Um, war, obviously today the report came out that um, James Harden got injured. And um, so for you as a Nets fan, how are you feeling about the team going into the playoffs and how do you see them um, obtaining the goal of winning the NBA championship this year? Oh, I'm not even going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty worried. It's the first time I've been worried all season, you know, especially with hamstring injuries. You know how they go. Like, you never really know when a player is back completely healthy. And especially with the, the Nets big three, they haven't really played many games together. So it's going to be hard just going into the playoffs and trying to build that chemistry while, you know, trying to achieve the ultimate goal of winning a championship. Um, do you think that chemistry is necessary? Because, like, we've seen in the past that, like, a lot of big threes or even big fours, they need time to connect and get chemistry on the court. But obviously we know the kind of player that Kyrie Harden and Kevin Durant are. But um, is Steve Nash going to be that guy for you guys? I know you've been very judgmental of Steve Nash this whole season. When he just stands there and doesn't even call yeah. a play. So what do you think about the chemistry necessary? It's not even like offensively, which I'm worried, you know, like they're three stars. They can they can get baskets on their own, run an offense on their own, pretty much. It's more about just defensively and knowing like where to be, knowing the timing and knowing the spacing of your teammates. So uh yeah, it's pretty worrying from from that standpoint. But uh, for Steve Nash, uh, you know me, I'm not I'm not a big Steve Nash guy, uh, even as a player. Not not a Steve Nash guy, but uh, he definitely has to learn a lot on the fly. So it's going to be tough. Absolutely. Um, Eric, the Nets have your favorite coach, um, Mike D'Antoni. Um, obviously. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm, I'm Don't sorry. Do that. <laughs> obviously, um, you hate to see James Harden suffer this injury, and he's the primary MVP candidate. Um, do you think chemistry is important for this Nets team? I mean, so they haven't played – the big three hasn't played many games. They only played, um, I think, seven games, and they're like five and two with those two fake losses to the Cavs in OT, which was ridiculous. Um, do you think they need to build chemistry, or are they going to be all right? I think chemistry matters for every team, regardless of how much talent they have. Like, I mean, you see it with every – or you see it with most great teams. I guess, like, even the big three heat in 2011, when they started, they were, what, nine and eight? Like, they started all – Sir, bring me back. Do not bring me back to that year. <laughs> so, like, I think it matters for every team. But I do think – and I know a lot of people have been posting stuff about, like, Harden and Kyrie and how they're, like – selfish and how oh they people still use the one ball joke and like how there's only one ball I don't know if that I don't think that really applies to them I mean they've shown I think when all three are healthy they can definitely make it work and they're gonna be dominant offensively even without chemistry but I don't know if they'll be able to reach their full potential and like show how great they can actually be and if all these injuries just keep lingering like like you said or Tommy said, uh, hamstring injuries, those tend to carry over and then become more of a problem as it just keeps getting worse. And, like, even when players come back, 
they think they're ready and then it just turns out that it was still a problem and they really yeah. it and it just keeps getting worse so Harden he's always been a pretty durable guy he this is probably the most injured he's ever been in a season and I don't know I I think he will be good to go and he'll be like ready for the playoffs and healthy and everything and I hope KD is too I hope Kyrie is but I don't know I I, I still think I think at least the very minimum is they'll make the Eastern Conference Finals, but oh, we're getting bold. Okay, I don't think that's even that bold to be honest. Like, well, you, who's gonna stop them? The Miami Heat? Like, come on. Mm, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, um, I I don't know. I like I would be shocked if they don't make at least the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Um. So, in my humble opinion, I do think that Harden is the engine of that team. Um, Ward, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, of course, of course, hundred percent. He's the he's the point guard of the team. He's running the offense. So I just feel like when Harden's on the floor, it's a whole different game. Like, um, a lot of people like to say that he wasn't this player until this year, but like he was doing this every year in Houston. Yeah, that's not true. Especially in 2017, when he averaged like 29 a game and he had like 11 assists and eight rebounds. Yeah. So I just think that if Harden is healthy, then that team has a shot. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. like to use the playoff jokes and say that he's a choker, but I think that when Harden will be 100%, and hopefully he is 100%, that that Nets team is going to go as far as he goes. You know, obviously Kevin Durant, we know what he can bring to the table, and we know Kyrie Irving is one of the best point guards of the last decade. Regardless of what the media portrays of him, we all know who Kyrie is when the lights get bright. So I think I think the Nets are going to be fine. Um, War, so... MDA has been coaching for like almost 15 years. Do you think this is the year that God tells him, you know what, let's get you to an NBA finals or is it, are you going to have to wait? He said MDA. MDA. Yep. He's never been in an NBA finals. Is this going to be, be, it's going to be tough. You know, I, I, I like to be an optimistic, but I don't know. Uh, Eastern conference finals. I think uh, the Nets will meet the 76ers. I think the 76ers going to be a, a, a dark horse for the finals. Really? So, I mean, it's going to be okay. tough. Okay. Um, Eric, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I, I think if I had to pick right now, I would pick the 76ers and Nets both making the Eastern Conference Finals. And I honestly, I don't know who I would take in that. Like, it really just depends on health, I think, at that point. If both teams are fully healthy and both teams look good heading into it, I'd probably take the Nets. Okay. Um, I can't, I cannot agree with that statement. Um, if Oladipo is healthy, I'm putting my boys against anyone. I'm sorry. Um, Rightfully so. That's your team. The, 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 the problem is, the problem is it's not even me hating the Sixers, but listen, folks, we say this every episode, but do not bet. Do not gamble. So if I'm going to gamble, I'm not gambling for a Glenn Rivers led team. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I personally yeah. feel like Spo can outmatch him coaching wise. Their talent is there. They have the talent. I mean, they have, yeah. they have Ben. But what version of Tobias Harris are we getting? Yeah, that's a good question. They have a, ask. Question they have a lot of question marks, and I think the one problem with the Sixers, or at least whenever I watch them, I see it is. I feel like we rarely ever see like. Tobias, Ben Simmons, and Embiid all play together at the same time while playing like great together. Like they, it seems like there's never games where they're all just great at the same time. Okay, so to counter that question, does Ben need to be good offensively for them to win a game? 
Uh, scoring wise, I don't think he needs to go and drop 25, 20, like there. I don't think he needs to do all that. I think him as a facilitator and just like a playmaker, even without him being able to shoot, I know the whole joke. I do think I am one of those people that does think he needs to develop some sort of a shot being a complete liability from the three is never a good thing, but he's still an impactful offensive player, even without it. And it shows like how much his passing matters when he's not out there. I think there was like some stats saying his, like the team's three point percentage with him on the court compared to off is like, it's drastically different. Like his impact, you can, the defense defends around him, even without his shot and everything, just because of how great his playmaking. And he's also um, like, he's, insanely good at driving to the rim so that helps also I don't think he needs to be scoring 20 25 points a game but I do think he needs to not have any two-point games or one-point games or yeah three assist games (laughs) yeah like if that doesn't happen and Tobias and Embiid are both playing well and Seth Curry he's still doing his thing I think they have a pretty solid chance to make it to the finals um war you're not very fond of Ben Simmons um, the other day, he was running his mouth about Kyrie, even though Kyrie dropped 37 points. He said he was like a minus 13. What do you think about that statement? <laughs> that is one of the most deranged statements I've come across from an NBA player that I've ever seen. I don't know. I just I just can't respect it. Uh, it's just really weird just having those, those numbers and just mentioning it. Like, I mean, I'm not the one to disrespect box scores and everything and the facts and all that, but like, Come on, the guy the guy put up almost 40 points, like <laughs> plus minus, like come on. <laughs> I I thought it was pretty funny that he said that. So um in the past, I've said that if you're less successful than another NBA player, you shouldn't be allowed to talk shit to them. So do you think that Ben Simmons should even talk shit about Kyrie Irving? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I agree with that because as, as an NBA player, you gotta have confidence in yourself. Okay. If you're not having confidence in yourself, then it's just not going to work out, but there's got to be some respect at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like self-proclaiming yourself as the defensive player of the year. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> Eric, what do you think about Ben spamming the, the, I deserve deep point button the last seven days? I just, I'm, I mean, I'm glad. I, I don't know. That's tough. Cause like, I'm fine when players like try and boost themselves up, but I think it's kind of annoying just like trying it feels like every game he's trying to remind people hey i'm this i'm this do you see what i'm doing i'm doing this do you not see what i'm doing yeah. like bro if you are truly the defensive player of the year and i'm not saying he is or isn't but if you truly are you won't need to remind us every game we'll just see it like yeah whenever Giannis won mvp or whenever westbrook won in 2017 or whenever the like all these great players that have done things curry in 2016 they weren't sitting there having to remind us after every game do you see what i'm doing i'm the mvp they didn't have to do that because we crowned them that. So if you're doing your job and you're doing it well enough, you will get crowned that. And it seems like he feels the need to keep reminding us. And I just, I just don't understand it. So what you're saying is Bam Adebayo deserves to be the defensive player of the year. No, what happened to we're not biased on this show, huh? What, we're not being biased. Bam mm-hmm. is the only one that doesn't even – have you even heard a peep about Bam being the defensive player of the year from the media? No, and no, okay. I don't think okay. he is the defensive so, player here, but let me throw you an example, right? So in the bubble, um, LeBron said that he was pissed that he only got, I don't know, seven first place votes. Yeah. Do you agree with him being pissed off like he has the right, or should he just said something else? I, I don't care if a player is mad. Like if they voice their opinion, I don't have a problem with it, but 
I don't know. I I I could be wrong, but didn't he talk about like narratives and stuff like that? Like yeah, 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 yeah. If anything, this dude has more narratives for him than anything. Literally, Ramona Shelburne <laughs> said, "I'm a narrative-based voter, and that's why I'm voting for LeBron." The hell, like, come on, bro. Yeah. Get out of here. That was so dumb to me. Like the way he went about it, I thought was wrong. But voicing your opinion, even whenever Ben Simmons does say I'm a defensive player, I don't have a problem with it. It's just he says it all the time. Like, dude, come on now. Like if one if hard like Harden even sometimes he says like he says occasionally he doesn't say after every game but he says you see what I'm doing I'm the MVP or something like that I don't have a problem with that Draymond or I feel like they Draymond. asked him about that though yeah that's the thing he's asked about and even Draymond whenever he says gets in conversation sometimes he says I think I'm the best defender ever but he doesn't say it after every conversation and he usually says it when they're talking about defense already and I don't have a problem with Draymond thinking he's the best defender ever yeah I think he is yeah. one of the best. I don't think he is the best, but I think he's one of the best. But I don't have a problem with him saying it. I would have a problem if after every game he goes, did you see what I just did? I'm the best defender ever. Did you see what – like, that would get annoying, and you need to chill out. But he doesn't do that. Ben Simmons does that, and that's why it's annoying. Yeah, I. uh, that's a a pretty fair statement. Um, War, so unfortunately the last domino fell of the MVP with Harden getting injured. Is it safe to say that – Adam Silver could wake up tomorrow and announce Jokic as the MVP and there would be zero argument out of you? Or do you still think there's someone else in the running? Uh, yeah, I, I got no arguments with that. I mean, I, maybe, maybe like a 0.001% chance of Embiid, but, I mean, Jokic, Jokic got it. Eric? No, I, I don't have a problem with Jokic. Just, it sucks this year is different because everyone just keep, like it seems like everyone other than him is getting injured so it's kind yeah. of hard to say I do think I don't think like they will get that high but if Curry like can carry the Warriors pretty high somewhat high in the standings like only one seed or two seeds behind the Nuggets I think that might become a discussion but I don't think that'll happen and I still uh-huh. miss Jokic right now Okay. Uh, Do you think Adam Silver is shaking at the fact that three foreigners could be the top three for MVP? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> a think little bit. It. Right? We got Jokic uh, and Giannis. Or yeah. even Luka for some people. Damn, yeah. What, what if it is the top four? I don't see Luka being top four, but... But you know how the voters are. It's not about what we yeah. think. It's about what the voters think. And they're very uh, narrative-based. Yeah, the only thing that could really stop Jokic from winning this year, I think, is if he did happen to pick up an injury in these last 20 games or whatever, which hopefully he doesn't. Like 20 games in a row. Yeah, which I don't think that'll happen, and hopefully he doesn't pick up an injury. Hopefully he can stay healthy because we need players to stay healthy, and we never like seeing injuries, but I think it's his to lose at this point. Absolutely. So we have two weeks until the season ends. You know, God willing, everyone gets healthy, and we can have uh, playoffs with everyone healthy because we haven't seen that in like 10 or 11 years. Uh, moving on to our second topic of the day. Um, hopefully, a week from now, we see the um, Champions League semifinals. Um, War, since you're our guest, Eric, you always complain that I bring on Manchester United fans. So mm-hmm. today, I decided to be different and bring on a Chelsea fan. Good. Yes, sir. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yes, sir. So, War, how are you feeling about the semifinals next week for the Man City PSG game first? Let me ask you about that first. And Man how City. do you see it as a neutral? It's gonna, it should be an exciting game. I mean, how, how can you not be excited about that? You got Mbappe, Neymar, De Bruyne, hopefully. You know, that Man City team is looking, looking pretty good. <laughs> about to run away with the league. 
And PSG, great team to watch as a neutral. I mean, if I had the opportunity to, when they played uh, their last their last game, I mean, unfortunately, I, I had all my attention, uh, attention on Chelsea versus Porto, so I couldn't really watch the the PSG versus Bayern game, but went back and rewatched a little bit of it. That was just great footy. So, uh, to who's going to win? Uh, Can we get a prediction tough. out of you right now? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with PSG. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then Eric, what do you think about this game as a neutral, as an unbiased neutral? Okay, I'm I'm really excited for it. Uh, I do think I agree. PSG are one of the most fun teams to watch. And then Man City, you could make the argument that they're the best team in the world. Um, I think it's it's gonna be a good matchup. Like it, it for me, it's kind of just like a coin toss. Like I don't know who's yeah. gonna take it. If I did have to pick one, and this might be slightly biased, I'd probably lean PSG. But is are Neymar and Mbappe are both gonna be healthy so yes, far? Sir. It seems. I I think I'd lean PSG, but I feel like Man City. I mean, if they're on, if they're like on form, playing their best, I don't know if anyone can beat them. Yeah, but, but who beat Man City this past weekend? True, true, true. I mean. Yeah. But I don't know if that's I – I don't know. That, are they in form? They, they haven't looked like – the because that's what happened last year. They won like 20 games in a row. Then they ran into Leon, They lost, and then that was it. That's so. that's another reason I'm saying I'll take PSG is because everyone talks about this Man- Manchester City choke that happens in the Champions League. So I'm just waiting for that to happen. I'm hoping it happens. And hopefully it happens this weekend or this coming week. Against Dude, PSG. It's crazy. We were just talking about the round of 16. Now we're in the semifinals. Like I know. It's going time, time is a myth. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, bro. Um, I'm going to go with PSG. Um, as much as I love Guardiola, I unfortunately um, I want to see Neymar play in another final. I think that would be fantastic because the problem with Neymar is I compared him to Kyrie last episode and that's because like the media tries to portray him as someone he's not. You know, he just yeah. He's not – he's, like, I don't think he's injury-prone. I just think he gets hit a lot. Would you guys agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But would you say his playing style influences that? That's a great question. <laughs> I haven't really question. thought of that. Uh, I think so. Honestly, I think so. Because the problem with Neymar is he gets, in a good manner, he gets way too cocky with the ball, like trying to dribble, trying to do travelas, trying to do rainbow flicks. So as a defender, yeah. if Neymar does that to you, you're just like, you know what? Let me just take him out right here. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what the um, a lot of defenders think. So I do think that his injuries aren't his fault, but his style of play is what leads to those injuries because he probably yeah. just pull off, especially in the League One. No disrespect to the Uber Eats League, but <laughs> I feel like a lot of defenders just get really pissed off with that. No, I feel that. Uh, would, would you agree, War? Yeah, yeah, it definitely differs from from Kyrie because you don't really see Kyrie like taking a lot of contact and, and getting hurt that way. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree with what you had to say for sure. Now for the Chelsea Real Madrid game war. So here at the Sports Fellas, we do not like being biased. You know, we're very objective. We're very straightforward. For this, for the first time since 2014, Chelsea is in the semifinals. Who do you have yes, winning? Sir. And why? Objectively speaking, everything points towards Chelsea. 
winning. That's not me being biased. If you look at Real Madrid's team, they're getting decimated by injuries. I don't even know if they have a full team to field. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Damn, bro. So you got Chelsea winning both legs, or are they going to draw and win? Because the first leg is at Stamford Bridge. I think the first leg. They'll they'll get the first leg, and depending on who Real Madrid gets for the second leg, it might be tough. I think the second leg is at Stamford, isn't it? No, thank God we had the second leg at home. Yep. Hmm. So, so you don't see an, an Eden Hazard revenge game at Stanford Bridge. That's what you're telling me. He's, he's, he's got to play. <laughs> I don't know if he'll be able to play as much as, much as I want to see him play. What's he's got to be healthy? We got to look at the over under on the minutes because he'll probably get hurt. <laughs> no. like then. I, I can't disrespect the legend. He's he. Hey, listen. In my humble opinion, as much as I love Aguero and Wayne Rooney, I think Hazard was the best Premier League of the last decade. I don't think there. I think there's oh, no argument. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And if it's not him, John Terry. Definitely. Definitely. I I feel like John Terry is one of the best defenders of like our generation. I don't feel like he gets the credit he deserves because. All the people that play FIFA sees that he has 28 pace, and they're like, oh, hey, he yeah. can't be good. <laughs> yeah. Most, one of the most decorated players. 100%. So, yeah. Um, the... Eric, what do you think about this matchup in your non-biased opinion? Um, I mean, like you said, the injuries have been killing you all year. You were even, like, me and you were talking about it, and you were talking about how y'all have more injuries than goals scored, like – 57 just, injuries, bro. Yeah, and it just – it feels like a never-ending cycle. Like, right when guys start getting healthy, either the same ones or different ones just go down where y'all just can't get a full squad together, like a full healthy team. And luckily, Chelsea, they're doing actually okay right now on injuries. I think the only ones who are injured, I think it's Kovacic. I mean, Tiago, yeah. so he's been kind of in and out. But for the most part – Silva's been good. I think I think he'll be healthy for the game, or at least he'll be healthy for the second leg. Kovacic, I'm not sure about him. I don't think so, but I don't know. I don't um, think you want him to play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'd start the first leg regardless. But I, I like. I don't want to be biased, but I want to lean Chelsea. Okay. It just feels like Chelsea's been. Chelsea's just kind of up and down. That's the problem. And I feel like y'all have been – whenever I've watched, y'all have been more consistent lately. So, that's kind of scary. Especially, like, in league, y'all are making that push towards the top to take over at Yeah, but so. it's over, unfortunately. Yeah. You think so? Wait, what What happened? We tied because we don't have 11 serviceable, serviceable players, like Borsami said. But doesn't, doesn't Barcelona still play Atletico? So, couldn't they – yeah, but if Barca wins, they control their own fate. So if Barca wins every game left, they win the league. That's how that's how it is right now. Mm, uh, it's yeah. tough. Um, but this year the leagues like just not in Spain. Like in general, it's just been exhausting. Would you guys agree that like some games you're just like, damn, like you really mm. miss the fans? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. like I'm hoping I saw a lot of stuff talking about how at the beginning of next season fans will be back in, like whether it's fifty percent, uh seventy-five. 25 whatever 100 percent. i saw that mo- like fans will be mostly allowed in pretty much every stadium and i'm just honestly i'm just waiting for that like i 
I go back and I'll watch like old clips or I'll watch old games and stuff. And the difference between having fans and what it is now, it just, it it's actually crazy how different it is. Like, I feel like yeah. football is one of those sports like that you can feel the difference the most because of how the fans impact it. Yeah. Um, war. Yeah. So my, my guy, Eric, he didn't start watching footy till two years ago. So he doesn't know about those champions. Magical nights at the bridge. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I told on just that, like, everyone was – since I didn't start watching till like, a year and a half ago or something like that, everyone yeah. was, like – Chelsea fans were upset over Lampard being uh, fired. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't really have this deep connection with him. I'm fine. Yeah. Well, ask, ask War how he feels about Mr. Frankie Lampard. Please do. <laughs> How'd you feel about it? The player, Frank – you, you got to separate it, too. The player and the manager. See, that's what – I don't think a lot of people did that. Uh, it's it's hard to separate the emotions, but the manager, oh my god, one of the, one of the worst managers I've, I've I've ever seen. It was so annoying. I couldn't stand it. So uh, Eric, you know what's funny? So War is a Nets fan. You know who you compared Frank Lampard to? Who? Steve Nash. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So you just you were frustrated for yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah. huh? Devastated. Wait, what? Going back to it real quick, why don't you like Steve Nash? Where'd that come from? Oh my God, this guy—he he makes like the worst. He doesn't make any adjustments. He doesn't like Mike D'Antoni. That's why I couldn't stand Mike D'Antoni. Like he'll he'll watch a whole twenty zero run, then call a timeout. It's like <laughs> that, I, I got that point. Like what, what's the point of the timeout? <laughs> yeah, a little too late. <laughs> and then like he'll make adjustments like three whole games late. Like like what are you doing? He's just about, there to give water and, and give moral support. That's and one of my biggest problems with Mike D'Antoni was he'd watch the team. I don't know if Steve Nash does this, but he'd watch the team have like eight consecutive bad plays, and then he'd either call a timeout or something, and then he'd just go talk to the ref about a missed call from seven plays earlier. Like, how does that? Uh, why not talk to your team instead of doing uh, all that? Like, I feel like Mike D'Antoni, and he's the assistant coach there, so it kind of makes sense that he's with another guy who just makes no yeah. adjustments. It's just and it and it's no disrespect to Steve Nash, but that guy has no backbone in him. Like he's not gonna argue a call either. He's just too much of a nice guy. So that, that's that's what makes him more mad. He, he's also from South Africa, so and he was raised in Canada, and we all know that Canadians are really nice people. <laughs> so it's not like he's gonna fight yeah. a call. Either. Is he? Does he? Does he like just stand there and clap his hands too? We forgot. You forgot to mention that he gives out water. <laughs> He's just there with his hands in his spot. He doesn't even take his mask off to talk. It's like, oh, my. it's, it's yeah. one of the most infuriating things to watch. <laughs> I'd be frustrated. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Eric, when you get a chance, look up Chelsea 2, Juventus 2, and watch those highlights because that was a very great game. War, I don't know if you remember that game. Man, I remember that very vividly. The Oscar goal? Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, that was uh, 2013. Those Chelsea kits were nice too, actually. Now that I think about yeah, it, yeah, those, those were it might be my favorites. The you talking about the blue with the gold stripes? Yep, yep. You see it? Yep. Clean, clean. Yeah. So when you get a chance, Eric, hit that up. Um, I think in if if Cruz and Modric are controlling the pace of the game, I feel like we have a really good shot. Um, no, for sure, for sure. This is two of the best midfielders of, of this generation. Yeah. So as long as they're healthy. I think that we have a shot, you know, and you're always nervous because like, um, like I told Eric, the more, the longer your team advances, the more you get nervous. Like, yeah, 
the second leg against Liverpool, we were up 3-1, but I was still sweating, like, every single minute. Yeah. But now, when you see your team in semifinals, like I told Eric, loss, yeah. losses in sports stink, like, in NBA playoffs, NFL playoffs. But, like, in football, it's just, like, damn. Like, we didn't get this far to get this far. So, like, yeah. I really don't want to see the boys go down. Um, did you did you happen to see that Modric video where or he's his back? He like tweaked something in his back. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah, it's unfortunate luck. Yeah, he's he said he's 35, but he he play, he's playing like he's 25. And at the beginning of the season, he told coach, um, he was like, "Listen, I want to play more. Like, I don't want to come off the bench." And he's played like over 4,000 minutes at the yeah. age of 35, which is crazy. Like a legend yeah. like Xavi, he used to come off the bench in that last season that he had at Barcelona. So just crazy to put things into perspective. Yeah. Um, War, you're very fond of Mendy, obviously. But who's going to be the key player for Chelsea for them to advance to the final? The key player? The, the, the one that's going to make the difference. That's going to make me go insane. Uh, it has to be either Jorginho or, or Conte. Because that, that midfield battle is probably the most important battle of the game. Because both teams are going to sit back and defend, you know, so it's not going to be many opportunities to, to get attacked. So if, if you can control the midfield, you, you'll pretty much win like 80% of the game. Okay. Um, Eric, I know Conte is your favorite player, but mm-hmm. would you agree with that statement? Yeah. So you said other than Mendy? Or... Other than Mendy, because we all know other... Courtois and Mendy have to be key for yeah to be good. I probably would lean him just because, like Osama said, it's the midfield battle is going to be probably key to this matchup. So I'd, pro- I'd probably agree it's either going to be Jorginho or Conte. I'd lean Conte just partly because I am biased towards him and he is my favorite player. But, yeah, I'd, I'd go with him probably. We finally get to see the, the Giroud versus Benzema duel, the return <laughs> of Courtois to Stamford Bridge. Um, is Thiago Silva going to be healthy? Yeah. Yeah? He's just, oh. he's just load managing. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's good. Perfect. All right. So hopefully we get to see a good game. Hopefully the boys win. And it's going to be it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I really wish there was fans because um, like not to be biased towards you guys, but Stanford Bridge gets yeah. really loud during UCL nights. Like yeah. um, another game that you could watch, Eric, is the Atletico Chelsea game from uh, 2014. Chelsea did lose that game, but they were loud. And then mm-hmm. the the Chelsea Barca game from 09 or from 2012, whichever one you want to watch. I've seen the 2012 one. Yeah, I watched. Place, I've seen every game from that Champions League. Round. That place was loud, like mm-hmm. loud, like you couldn't really hear yourself. Um, moving on to our third and the last topic of the day. Um, if you don't follow football, there is no Americanized terms to describe what is going on in Europe right now. So don't ask for a, a USA translation. Just learn a, a yeah. different sport. That like, is my biggest pet peeve when people do that, bro. Like, oh, my God. Under every tweet, it's, oh, can you explain this in basketball terms? Like, bro, just learn the sport. Stop. Yeah. Learn more than one sport, and it will be easy. And also, most of the time, they do it to things that aren't even hard to describe. Like, it's super easy to understand, and they just refuse to try. Anyway, sorry, I just had to get that off. No, no, chest. you're good. It's like player A gets injured, and they're like, "Explain this in NBA." Yeah, terms. bro. <laughs> oh, it's it's hilarious. Um, so if you guys have been living under a rock in the last 48 hours, um, Florentino Perez, he's the president of Real Madrid. He's been the president for 21 years now. He proposed this Super League, where the 12 best teams in Europe plus three more have their own league, and the Champions League has vanished. 
And the proposed Super League was because he said that football is dying. Nobody's tuning in to watch um, games anymore. Um, the Champions League is only interesting um, after the quarterfinals. And nobody's watching a game between two bottom of the table league teams. Now, War, since you're our guest today, when you got this notification from Fabrizio, I mean, we talk about it a lot in the group chat, but what yeah. was your initial thought when you re- when you saw this tweet? The, for the Super League or for the Florentino statement? Yeah, um, just like everyone else, I was, I was shocked. Um, you know, I didn't know how to to cope. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of information was coming at you at like 100. percent So like, you didn't have a chance to sit with it. So it was kind of tough. But um, yeah, my first shock or my first my first thoughts was that I was, I was shocked and just didn't know what was happening. Yeah, um, Eric, <clears throat> how did you feel about this? Uh, well, so the whole time, I think pretty much ever since I've gotten into football, I'd heard like rumors about the Super League. But whenever I like was first getting into football, I was like, oh, that sounds like a cool idea. And then pretty quickly, right when you actually start to, you know, fall in love with the sport, you realize how dumb it is kind of. You realize like it's not really what what uh, you originally thought it would be or what I originally thought it would be. And the whole time, though, I thought it was just one of those things that gets talked about a lot, but never was like going to be an actual reality. And then I was talking to Mark on Twitter, Splashford, and he told me that he I remember he told me a while back that it was like a 50 50 thing of happening. And that kind of shocked me because I thought it was like a 10 percent chance of happening. And then when I got the notification that was actually happening because I'd been off my phone for a little bit and everything and I got that notification I was kind of mind blown. Like, I didn't think it was actually real. I thought the whole time it still wasn't really going to happen. So first off, I was disappointed in all the clubs that were like rumored to be in it. I was, and that one thing that I really got out of it was that I like Bayern even more than I did before. Like that just made me like them even more. And I saw everybody talking about how like you can't not respect them as a club because of everything they do. And I don't know that that was the main thing I got out of it is like, shout out to them and PSG for standing against it and it kind of annoyed me that all the big six in England all instantly just joined and I just I never even really knew who this Perez dude was and he I can't stand that dude now every time I see quotes from him and everything it pisses me off so, Papa Flo you got <laughs> tell, tell war so tell the people about Papa Flo Papa Flo the the man uh man most influential man in the world <laughs> he's unbelievable nah. so <clears throat> um me and war talked about this in the in the football group chat but the super league sounded like a good idea to the casuals that don't follow football i mean who wouldn't want to see a real madrid barcelona game every single weekend for the next 35 weekends you know or real madrid Bayern, yeah. whatever you want to call it but to the appeasing football fan like it's a disastrous idea mm-hmm. it's it's just it's I don't understand why this came about. Obviously, because of the money in debt and because of COVID and all this other BS that caused the 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 not allowing of fans and tickets and revenue and all this other crap. But like, as a football fan, do you really want to see just that? Like, in my personal opinion, and this is not going to be biased, but in my personal opinion, Leicester when they won the league in 2016, it was the greatest underdog story of all time in all major sports. I'm talking soccer, baseball, football. <clears throat> Even bigger than the Nationals won when they won the World Series two years ago. Eric, I did not mean to send a shot at you. I'm being 100% serious. 
Oh. I think that the Leicester City winning the league is the greatest underdog story of all time. So with the Super League, we can't see it happen. And I just think it was pathetic. It was stupid. And after 48 hours, um, all the clubs are resigning. So hopefully they get it over with tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and that was the exact reason why they're doing the Super League. It's all about money. You know, you win the, you win the league, you get the most money out of the, the prize money. So, like, with the, with the Super League, you're just trying to kill all those stories and those miracles that are going to happen, like, every now and then. I, I did think it was cool because – well, I thought it was kind of funny because everyone talks about how, like, football Twitter and stuff, they never can agree on anything, but everyone actually came together to try and, like, stop this and, like, all the protests that were happening at, like, the Chelsea game and stuff like that. Like, people came together and finally agreed on this to stop it. I saw they agreed on two things. One, to stop the – um Super League, and then people also agreed that Arsenal and Tottenham are going to be the jokes of the Super League, and all these. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the two things I saw people agreeing on, and that just had me laughing the whole time. So, so London is going to continue to be blue. Always, always okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in in general, I don't understand why this was an idea at all. Like, I don't understand why. I don't know if Florentino proposed the idea, but just how he woke up one day. He was like, you know what? Let me gather the 12 best teams and just put them in one league and screw everyone else. Like, like War said, everything is about money. We all know this. The world revolves yeah. around money. Everything, every sport revolves around money. So it was hard. Yeah. I just feel like it was, it was def- hard to say no. Yeah. It was definitely something that was proposed earlier in the year because I remember there was reports talking about a potential Super League. And so, like, it's definitely something that they've been talking about for a while. It's all just, like, PR of trying to – say everything was last minute and blah, blah, blah. It's all about money. It's, it's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, did, so, War, after Bayern and PSG declined, did you think everyone was going to follow through or did you feel like this was actually going to happen? I, I thought it, they still had a chance of going through. I mean, all due respect to, to Bayern and PSG, I mean, the Super League is still stacked. Like, there's still 12 big teams. I mean, granted, Tottenham and Arsenal are in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's still 10 big teams. So, it's like, uh, it's definitely something that could have, that could have went forward. Yeah, like, I was, I was, I was genuinely scared at one point, but I even told some of my friends that I don't think it was going to happen. I really didn't think. Um, Eric, obviously, you've been watching football for two years now. Did you think it was going to happen? Like, Obviously, I'm not saying you're casual, but, like, you're new to the sport. So, in hindsight, mm-hmm. maybe for you, it could have been, like, an amazing idea. But did you really think it was an amazing idea? Or no, you- that's what I'm saying. Like, whenever I first heard the rumors, and this was me only being a couple months into being a fan or whatever, I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Because, like, from someone who doesn't – like, I was talking to my friend Cam. We had him on the Super Bowl episode. I'm sure you remember. And he doesn't really watch football. So, whenever he was talking about, like, the uh, – whenever I told him about the Super League – and I told – he said, like, one thing for him that makes it hard to get into because he doesn't actually watch the sport is how many different leagues and teams there are. That makes it hard for him. So Super League would make it easier to, like, follow. So from a casual, like, someone who doesn't watch standpoint, I understand that. But I feel like right when you actually get, like, sucked into the sport and you become a fan of it, you realize that's part of what makes it so great, or at least that's part of the reason yeah. I love it so much. And – so the Super League, and I think my main thing was, I, I, I didn't think it was going to go through. I even think I said that, I think it was yesterday. I said, I, even before Man City and Chelsea both, like, were rumored to pull out, 
I said that I didn't think it was going to happen just because didn't you even FIFA Bo talk about how uh, the players wouldn't be able to represent their national teams and stuff like that. So that was, I think that was a good thing by them. Honestly, that, that I think that's a huge part of what stopped it, honestly, like them threatening all that. But one thing I was telling Cam this, I think one thing that I didn't want from it was because like for Chelsea versus Atletico or Chelsea versus Arsenal, or when we just saw Bayern versus PSG, the thing that makes those games so exciting and fun to watch is that we don't see it every single week. If you see it every single week, it's just going to start draining the excitement out of it because you're yeah. so used to it. Like I wouldn't want to see the Bucks and Chiefs play every single week because then it wouldn't make the games like the Super Bowl when they actually do meet as interesting. You'd already be bored of it. You'd already know what to expect. Like I think it being rare and on the biggest stage is what makes it so great. Wow. Okay. That's a, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, so Eric, in 2011, um, we played Barca four times in a 15, 15 day span. We played them in the league. Then we played them in the Spanish cup. Then we played them twice in the champions league. And literally everyone was talking about the Clasico. So like, cause everyone was looking forward to it. So Mourinho, um, obviously, you know, who he is. he used to coach Real Madrid and Guardiola used to cat, um, coach Barca. So the year before Mourinho went to Real Madrid, um, his team, Inter Milan, they beat um, Guardiola's Barca in the Champions League. And um, I don't know, you've probably seen the video reaction on Twitter, but there's a video of Mourinho celebrating at Camp Nou, like just running around the whole field, like just celebrating. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest meme videos of all time. It's actually the dramatic beautiful. music in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, of the greatest, one of the greatest videos. I, I love that video. So then he got announced to sign for Real Madrid. And... Um, Mourinho, he, he's not really fond of Guardiola. He always t- tell him, telling him how to run his team. So I remember this date because I, I remember where I was, what I was doing. On November 29th, 2010, we lost to Barca 5-0. So, like, that's all they were talking about for weeks. And then when we drew them in the semifinals for the Champions League, um, everyone was like, oh, my God, like, we're going to get two Clasicos. And then the league happened, and it was three. And then the Copa del Rey final happened, so it was four. So it was, like, one of the greatest, like, two-week span of my life. You know, I was only, like, I think it was, like, 12 or 13 years old. But it was pretty crazy to witness. Now, mm-hmm. War, um, Florentino said, nobody is tuning in to a Man City, Man United fan like Real Madrid, Barcelona. Would you agree with that statement? Yes or no? I'm, I'm disagreeing with that. Okay. Because, like – I'm 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 gonna be objective here. Ever since Ronaldo left, I feel like football fans around the world don't really watch El Clasico as much. Would you agree? Would you guys agree with that? I agree. Yeah. Well, one hundred percent. I so I'm gonna be honest. Before I actually got into football, I didn't keep up with it at all. Literally, and y'all might laugh at this. I didn't know till eight months later that Ronaldo wasn't on Real Madrid anymore. Like I didn't keep up with it at all. I was so out of the loop, and that's why whenever I saw he's on Juventus, I was like. When did that happen? So, but I do one thing, even with someone who didn't keep up with football at all. So I went to school in South Texas and my school, I think was like 63% uh, Hispanic. So, and our soccer team was, that was the best sport we were at. And so even then I heard people still talking about El Clasico, even when I didn't care about it. I feel like back then when I didn't keep up with the sport, I heard about it more than I do even now when I do keep up with it. So I mean, I just assume that the, like, attention on it or the, like, people just don't care as much about it anymore, I guess. 
Yeah. Um. So like me, me and War, we've probably been watching football for 12, 13 years now. So like just watching football in general is just like excitement. Like watching these yeah. derbies in other countries, it's like very exciting. So whatever the people got to say, Eric, about other derbies, they're lying, and Florentino's <laughs> lying. Yeah. yeah. Um, Eric, when, when fans come back, you'll see why everyone watches these derbies, these like, like why there's riots outside of the stadiums. Like mm-hmm. it just gets very intense and you're just like sweating like the whole game. I remember the, the Chelsea Arsenal game that finished like 5-2. Like that was a great football match. I don't know if you remember that war. No, that was a, that was a bad match. Yeah. Talking about the one where Van Persie and all of them scored. Yep. 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 Man, tough one. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to send a shot at you, but like. Those, no, no, that's cool. those derbies and those like, um, like Manchester, like the Manchester derbies, it's just like something you would like tune into. Like, regardless of what you're doing that day, you try to put everything to the side. Um, so RVP, Ron Van Persie, Eric, he's one of the greatest Arsenal players of all time, and he left to United, and United and Arsenal hate each other. So, um, the game before he, the last game that RVP had in an Arsenal jersey against um, Man United, it finished eight to two. Um, Wayne Rooney scored a hat trick that day. It was a beautiful day. Ward, do you remember that game too? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, great, <laughs> great quality football. Now football is dying, quote unquote. Um, so Ward, what you said is 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 it true? You're not watching Vinicius against Dembele anymore? No, I'll, I'll watch the El Clasico <laughs> because I watch I watch any I watch any 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 game if I'm available, but. The excitement is not there. Like Vinicius versus Griezmann is the best. Play. Like the marketability is not there for the casuals either. But as a as a person who watches a lot of football games, like I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, Eric, did you watch the the last Clasico? Yep. Yeah, what did you think about it. the game? I mean, what did you think? Okay, hold up. What did you think about the refereeing? I don't remember it that well. I think I was kind of like that was a day I was kind of busy, so I only I think I only was able to watch like the first half or something. But I remember me and you were texting a little bit during it, and I remember you being frustrated, bro. But it's just like those games you don't feel like it's over until the final whistle. Like as more, like that's how you are during every bro game. You just get frustrated, you're like on edge, yeah. So that's how you're supposed to be. I didn't think anything special of it really because you were you were talking to me a little bit during the second half. It, but you, I know you like to focus during games and stuff. So we weren't talking a ton, but I remember you were like super on edge during that game more than you usually are even. Yeah, man. I, like the, the anxiety just goes through the roof because like, it's like the 45th minute and then it's 46, 47, 48. And you're like, who's going to blow the whistle? Like, is it going to happen? <laughs> so it's just um pretty funny. Um, With that, we have reached a conclusion of episode 15 um so today Derek I don't even want to pronounce his last name he was guilty for everything that happened um last year so it's nice to see justice in this country obviously it's um it's a building block it's not a start because like the start should have happened years 100 years ago um war any last thoughts before we wrap up this episode I appreciate not much but I appreciate you having me on it's my pleasure good to have you Absolutely. Um, do Appreciate we have an NBA Finals prediction out of you? Can we get one? Nets Clippers. Okay. Ooh, Clippers. Okay. Okay. Eric, any final thoughts before we wrap up episode number fifteen? Um, you know, 
I'm just. I hope. Hey, yeah, Chelsea's Astros gonna win the Champions League. I know you want to say. No, no, no. I was gonna say we haven't we didn't talk about baseball today. So I just want to say I hope Astros can turn around. We have we've been battling COVID a little bit. Players haven't been playing. Hopefully that all turns around real quick because we went on a six game losing streak. It was kind of rough. Hopefully they can turn it around. Oh, and also Ronald Acuna Jr. That man, he blew my streak on beat the streak. So you got injured, bro. Stop it. Stop nah, it. that's listen, a war, problem. War, listen, war is war is a big Braves fan, so I really don't think you want to go down that. Road. No, I love Acuna. I picked him number one. He's been yeah. sitting but I was so frustrated because he got injured and only had two at bats, and it blew my streak. And I think I was at twelve, so I was a little upset. Yeah. You weren't winning that fifty-six million. Stop it. It's gonna happen. It's five point six million, and you're not getting any of it if I do win. Damn. Wow. Okay. What's so where I got that? you though. We Let's have go. wrapped up. <laughs> wow. We have wrapped up episode 15 of Sports Fellas. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, continue to stay safe and to not be a jackass to people. And we'll see you on the other side. Peace.